What's up, everybody? This is Albert Campa for uh, the Cantina MX podcast. Welcome to episode 122. Over 100 episodes strong. <laughs> uh, so we're ha- having a podcast today. We'd like to welcome our guests. We have on the road, John. I'm, I'll be uh, hosting for today. John is on the road driving from Houston. What's going on, John? Can you... Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Working the uh, Houston, uh, Houston Sports Awards tonight, and they honored uh, three legends here in the city of Houston: uh, Earl Campbell, Nolan Ryan, and, and Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon. So it was a lot of fun. Very nostalgic for someone my age who uh, grew up watching all three of those guys dominate their respective sports, and uh, happy to be on the here and I'll uh, as soon as I get a little more juice on my phone I'll uh, try and connect a little better than what I what I'm doing right now but uh, good to be on with you guys and uh, looking forward to, uh, to chatting with y'all tonight good stuff John uh, excuse excuse the uh, audio levels but uh, like you said uh, we'll have them in full uh, full strength audio here shortly and next in uh, Escondido Dan Preciado what's going on Dan how you doing doing good uh, Beto uh, evening, everybody. Happy to be here as, as always. Another yep, fun weekend, Mexican football. Great, great stuff. Uh, glad to have you here, Dan. And uh, finally, uh, Joel from LA. What's up, man? Not much. Not much, Al. All righty. Well, we got a sort of a small panel today of guests. Uh, maybe some guys like uh, Ron and uh, uh, Juan and Rodrigo might come on a little bit later. But I guess to start off, uh, the plan for tonight is to talk a little bit about the uh, beloved Chivas and uh, what's going on here with uh, with the goats in their. Uh, would you call it a crisis, Hoyle, or what's what's the deal? It's it's um yeah with Chivas it's always we go to extremes, you know. We could be tied for first, and we're the super leaders. And uh, <laughs> we could lose three games, and it's a crisis. But we're, we're yeah, it's it's a bad start. Not what people were expecting. Um, you know, I, I saw some of the, you know, how people do previews, league previews before the league starts. And, you know, a couple people had Chivas as, as contenders, you know. And... Uh, so four games in, and they're in 16 place. Just four points, three defeats, one win, one draw. But they have a minus three goal differential, which is not looking too good. And their next match will be at home against Dan's Santos, who are actually been pretty good. They're they're in the other end. In the upper echelon. Yeah, they're in seventh yeah. place. They're they're Liguilla. They're Liguilla bound so far. Uh, but but what's worrisome, I, I'll say, even you know, because Chivas hasn't been able to win at home. There there are two games that they played, they lost them. So I mean, if they were to lose to Santos, that would that would really hurt their chances of of making Liguilla. Even even if it's only five games in. That's nine points they would have lost, and 
very difficult to make them on the road. And then their other home games are going to be against teams like Tigres and America, who are playing uh, much better. Tigres, not so much, but but they still have, you know, they're, they're still a stronger team. So, so yeah, Chivas is, is not in a good place right now. And you have Almeida saying that he needs help with the team. Uh, so there's a bit of news there because it seems like he might have won the, the um, what is it, what is it called, uh, tug tug of war against Iguera for for Vergara's affection, you know, because now he's talking about they're gonna hire a GM taking over a lot of the stuff that Iguera was doing at the club, even though he's he wasn't the GM, he was fulfilling those duties. So that's what they've been. That was he. He was talking about bringing in someone to help him manage the team. So he, so Almeida is still fighting. It's it seemed to me like he gave up a while ago. Like he was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not getting my players. We're gonna go out and try, but we're pretty much not gonna do well. Yeah, that was what thing. That was part of it. I think Higuera, he had to, Higuera and Almeida had to work together to, you know, to plan for the season. And they were they just weren't getting along. You know, communication had broken, and and that's why we ended up, or Chivas ended up. You know, with the whole Alani's deal, where it was like it just became a mess, and and we all seen the player player got called up to the national team, and he hasn't even played a game for Chivas. Yeah, and that's good, and that's and that's not Almeida's decision to put him on the bench. Yeah, so I, yeah. So I think at this point they're trying to salvage the season, but. He just made some comments yesterday as well that, you know, he said that because Chivas is competing for the Conca champions. And he said, he said, he basically admitted that they can't compete for both tournaments. So we're going to have to choose. And, and I, to me, I think it's, it would be the best choice to go after the Conca champions. I just, because this team, you know, for despite the talent it has, it's not as deep as some of the stronger teams. You better be careful because, well, I guess the the biggest embarrassment is can be had in Conca Champions. Like if they if they miss Liguilla, that would be like okay, well, they had a bad season. But if they lose to like a Shellahu, uh, oh, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that, in Conca Champions, that's going to be even more embarrassing than whatever thing could happen in Liga MX. So yeah, he better that's put his. True. That, that could happen, but I still think it's more. If you ask me, what 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 which odds are better at winning the tournament, Liga MX or Conca Champions? I would say Conca Champions. Yeah. Now I did hear Joel on the uh, on the radio today as I was driving down to Houston that uh, that Iguera's influence is being felt less and less with each passing day there at Chivas and uh, I'm starting to see you know I guess we'll, we'll, we'll definitely notice if that's the case if we start seeing some of these players come back I mean honestly the fact that uh, that Adonis is not playing yet is I mean uh, uh, that, that to me is just the most the worst most embarrassing 
painful, egregious, awful, you know, whatever other negative adjective I can come up with to, to, to describe the worst aspects of, of, of the Pacto de Caballeros, in my opinion. So hopefully, uh, you know, th th that'll be that will be settled soon. But, you know, Chivas, to me, is a team that, okay, they have, you know, they had one bad loss when they lost to Cruz Azul. But their other losses, uh, they did lose to uh, to Puebla 2-0 last week. But, uh, you know, Puebla's been playing well at home. Tigres had a, had a tough time there as well. So I don't think, I, as much as Chivas fans, and like you said, it, 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 it's one extreme or the other, I do think that if, if they can get to the end of February with, uh, you know, if they can pocket seven points or so with, with, within these next games, they'll be just fine. But uh, I have a feeling, Joel, though, that, that you are not going to be as optimistic in how you see Chivas playing out the rest of the season. No, I haven't it's, been, that's John. A partial person like me. Just because I think that the squad is not, there's not much depth. Uh, you have injuries, you have call-ups. There's two games coming up in March. I don't know how many players will get called up, but there will be two games on the 23rd and 27th. The selection will play. And um, and then soon after the, the CONCA Champions, you know. So, right. So, and the CONCA Champions starts in two weeks. Actually, it starts yeah, in two weeks. Yeah. And, and, and if I'm Chivas, that's, that's the tournament I would aim for just because they haven't had international presence for a while. And and I think it would be a big deal if they could make it to the FIFA Clubs World Cup. It would, it would be massive for Chivas. And, and their first game, if I'm not mistaken, is against the uh, Dominican side. Yeah, uh, that, the Dominican Banco uh, Well, you know, I, I, I think that the uh, Chivas fans are probably happy that the, that the Dominican team that's right now in Guadalajara is playing baseball and is sending them... <laughs> As, as opposed to the one that they're going to be playing, but you know, so yeah, so so, in essence, they have—I don't want to say a free pass in the quarterfinals, but their their quarterfinal berth is is all but secured, and and then that that's when that tournament's going to start getting interesting for uh, for the Liga for the Liga MX sides as well as for the MLS side. So we'll see how that uh, how that plans out. But you're right. But Joel, you know, I've always, and I said this on a three-game winning streak can can change your your fortunes around completely in Liga MX. You can go from 16th to 4th in one month. In I, I, I agree. I agree, John, but Chivas calendar is not... It just doesn't lend itself to that. Look, look. Well, well the team, they... And, and, and not only that... Well, look, let but the, let me ahead. give you a quick rundown, John. Please. So they're, they're playing Santos, right? They're playing Santos in a... On the tenth, and and I expect a pretty tough game, just because right here Chivas has to, they're the ones that need the points, you know. And then and then they go, wait, it, it's gonna get tough. Well, they go on the road to Querétaro and then they beat Pachuca, so so that I think that that's not that tough. But but here's where it gets difficult. For nada nueve, they. They go to uh, they go to Seoul, and then they return home to host America, and then they a, a tough stretch for, for for Chivas. So well, the whole, and, whole yeah. the whole league is a tough stretch. Stretch. They lost at Puebla two zero. <laughs> <laughs> Every game is a tough stretch for Chivas, dude. 
Well, the, but the, the reality is, is, is that Chivas has enough talent, and apparently they have, you know, a, a good enough coaching skills for that for them to overcome that. But is, so, um, you know, yeah, that's that's true. But some of these guys haven't been doing too good, you know. What's up with uh, the defense, man? Every, every time I see a lineup, everyone complains about the defense, and then the defense is pretty. Well, it's because Alanis isn't playing, and neither is uh, Jair Pereira, who's been injured. So they're throwing out some warm bodies out there and hoping that uh, that, that those guys can uh, can can make it happen. Now, uh, now Santos, on the other hand, has been has been just terrific uh, in, in the start of the league. They've they have they have distanced themselves very nicely from from the relegation zone. They are uh, sitting very pretty, very comfortable. They have. If I'm not mistaken, Dan, the leading goal scorer right now in Liga Mekis in uh, in Johnny, who might very well be playing himself onto Portugal's World Cup squad. Is that really um, is that being talked about? I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how it could be, be being talked about. I mean, he's having a, a terrific uh, start of the season. I mean, it's not like Portugal has has forwards falling out of the trees. So I'm sure that he's, he's he's meriting some consideration, and even if he isn't, you should start a campaign to, to make sure that he, that he at least gets a look. No, that's cool. Um, I, I I hadn't realized that he was even um on the radar. But uh, yeah, he is definitely having a a really really good season, bounce back season. The whole team's doing a lot better than than last year uh, than last season. I think uh, this is a huge opportunity for Santos to pick up three points on on, on the road. Um, you know, now, this now is Dan, a... would you attribute? Uh, excuse me. Would you would you attribute uh, Santos' success to the to the G, the D chepification in the in, in the comarca Laguna? <laughs> low blow, low blow. Um, you know, what what's different is, is the question. You know, what's different? The team is basically the same. I mean, obviously, uh, there's been two huge additions. Um, you know, truth be told, uh, Gaito, I think, um, is, has been huge. Um, but uh, no, in all, in all seriousness, I, I think uh, as good as Chepo is, um, I, it, it wasn't working. I think maybe had he given been given more time, maybe um, he could have turned it around. But I think with uh, relegation starting to rear its ugly head. Um, they, 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 they went with uh, with they went in another direction. And I think it's working out right now. The team's playing infinitely better right now. I mean, there was a, a not the best of week uh, so far. You know the. Um, I'll say. But, I'll say uh, right, Let's check it that? out. They're playing all right. Look, they're, they're two wins. They've only won three times. Those WAP and maybe. I mean. Hey, Morelia's in fourth place, so I wouldn't knock Morelia at all. Uh, yeah. Morelia's a good team. I think Morelia's a very good team. Definitely, uh, I think they, it's a Liguilla team. The Tigres, uh, they lose to Veracruz. Or they tie. They lost, the they lost to Tigres. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, doing, they're doing okay. I wouldn't say they're... Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing okay. It's not... Um, but I think uh, starting 11 can keep up with anybody. So I think that's going to be the key is to get into the playoffs and hopefully have all your players um, because it's not a deep team. Um, The team when, um, uh, gosh, uh, um, 
well, I don't know why uh, Osvaldito. Uh, he, he was he was down uh, for 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 parts of the last season, and I think the team. I think if there's, it turns out I think he's probably one of the most important pieces. Uh, and now Gaito, I think he's he's kind of slowly taking that role too. Where if if the midfield is is, is solid, I I think they're going to be giving some decent chances. And right now, the way even Furch, the the forwards look solid. So that's what I'm saying. Like I think if I think they could beat anybody. Um, the key is, are they going to be able to get into the to the year? And 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 if they can stay injury free, then yeah, I think I I I think I think they can go far. And let's not forget that uh, you know as the as the season wears on and it starts getting hotter, playing at six o'clock in Torreon on Sunday on Sunday afternoon is not fun for anybody. And uh, the, the, you know Santos can certainly take advantage of that as a as a home field advantage, just like uh, Pumas apparently took advantage of it against uh, a Tigres team over the weekend. That, that frankly, I mean, honestly, watching the game, Puma. I don't know if you can agree with me, Chiki. I don't know if you watched the game, but Puma should have won that game five, six, nothing. I mean, it was, it was, it was as 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 thorough a domination as as I've seen of a Tigres team in probably about four or five years. I mean, they flat out. And, and Tigres, I don't know how much of it was, you know, Puma's playing well, which they are playing well, but Tigres just for whatever reason just did not want to play that game. And I think even, uh, and I'm quoting. Uh, uh, our Frenchman uh, Andre Pierre Gignac, when he was quoted as saying earlier in the week, "La altura me molesta un chingo," is what he said. So it was obviously in his head, the uh, the altitude playing in Mexico City, and of course, who can forget playing in that scorching 68 degree heat in the in, 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 in the mid afternoon sun there in Mexico City? You know, it's like oh, I, yeah. players. I saw, I saw Gignac's a little. Of sweat he's a little Gignac's a big boy though, man. He's a little soft, man. He's a little, little, little softy. <laughs> yeah. He's weak. Did, did he turn into a, into a, a Fresita Regio already? Gignac? No, he turned into a Frenchman. A French. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, so, so, so Puma, talk about a turnaround. Puma's last season, in, in the entire season, had 13 points. 13 points. So is this really Puma's? Is this really how good they are? Or is this... Um... Well, I think it's actually a lot of things uh, working out. Well, they got a lot of players back from injury that, uh, and, and 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 they also all solidified their defense tremendously with uh, this Spaniard Arribas Divo, who uh, has made a massive difference in the back. And uh, you know, and two guys that I think have also contributed uh, tremendously are David Cabrera, who, as you guys know, was on the fast track of the national team before he was injured in the Paralimpico in 2012, uh, just having an outstanding Paralimpico tournament before he uh, popped his knee. And Pablo Barrera is also back as well. So, And, of course, uh, uh, Castillo, their, their striker, who uh, although had a, who had a terrible game, by the way. And, and that, to me, was, was very encouraging as a Pumas fan for Castillo to have as bad a game as he had. And he had a bad game. I mean, he missed some, he missed some opportunities. There was a terrible penalty uh, on him that the referee, the referee was watching, but he certainly was watching the game. But Pumas still won the game 2-0. And, and, and so that is a very encouraging for, for Pumas fans 
And, uh, you know, to me, Liguilla, as a Pumas fan right now, Liguilla is, is, it would be icing on the cake. The most important thing for Pumas right now is to, is to accumulate as many points as possible because, uh, uh, you know, if, if they can get, you know, above 25 points at, by the end of the season, then I don't necessarily think that the, the specter of uh, relegation will be haunting them as much next season as if they got another season where they were in the teens and they would be a major problem. But they still have seasons of 13 and 18 points that they're going to have to deal with over the next uh, over the next couple of years. So, uh, but and, and let's give credit to David Patino, who uh, you know who came in and with the same players uh, has Pumas playing with confidence and you know you know you're playing more of their style and and, and 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 he's doing it the Pumas way, which is a combination of veterans and kids from the kids from the ranks, and and, and that has always been always been the best combination for Pumas to have success. See, if I had my, my, my audio dropped right now, I'd drop Ron Burgundy says, saying, don't tell me you're not impressed right now. Or don't act like you're not impressed. Because they, they've, they've, been, they've been, they're top of the table, you know, more than a month into the season. So it's no longer, it's no longer you know, a happenstance. It, 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 it is Pumas is trending up. Trending up my Pumas. So. As far as Tigres goes, though, I think they're, um, they, 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 they have their formula. I think if, if you're a, if you're a Liga MX team, you just want to play them early. Play them early while they're they're sleepwalking through, through uh, where they're just walking through and then slowly getting themselves into into game shape. Right. They'll qualify for the Liguilla in seventh or eighth place, like they did last season, and then just steamroll people until they get to the final. And I think it, with a team that's um, <laughs> somewhat dependent on, on on slightly older stars, um, they. Uh, you 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 want to save their legs? Maybe that's what he also. Uh, maybe that's what they were thinking too. He probably told the boys, you know, it's okay if we take it easy today, guys. Let's just give my ex boys a, a a good a, a good time. That's right. Because I think if he's going to lay down for anybody, if he's going to lay down any particular week, I mean, why not do it against Pumas, right? There was no lane. Hey, why would you? Why would you talk about Puka like that? I'm just saying that if he did, if, and if you're going to have a letdown, it's probably a little bit less painful, you know, because he's, you know, his heart's there. Yeah, the, well, the, I mean, the I cats can't. get along, man. The cats get along. Even after the game, they were they were joking around. I don't know if you saw the audio of uh, Duenas, Aquino, and Gallardo's talking. They were just having a good old time, like a party in between the whole team. <laughs> Yeah, see, they're, they they don't mind dropping three points. I mean, they're okay with it. They'll probably be lifting the trophy at the kid, end of the season. Pumas uh, uh, and Tigres did not. I mean, they it was they did not get along at all. At all, they, it, it was a big, big rivalry. Back well, they have a common guy to make fun of in in Juan Carlos Osorio, so that's what they were doing after the game, apparently. You know, now in that game, Aquino did uh, did leave injured. He uh, had had a, uh, a, a hamstring strain. I'm sure that that was due to the fact that he had a little extra time in the in the midweek uh, friendly, which uh, Chiquis and I were 
lucky enough to uh, to attend. And by the way, Chicky Sun, look at their pictures again. Outstanding work again. Once again, outstanding. Oh yeah, that was fun. What I don't get though is why is it that the the, the, the photographers uh, on the field like is it just a, a, a matter of proximity to the food? Is that why you guys get the lesser of the meals? It seems like like you don't get the hot meal because uh, because yeah, of where you're like located. That. I think it's like the blue collar, white collar different. We can be in jeans and honestly, cheeky. Your meal, your your sandwich looked looked better than the, the nasty uh, rubber <laughs> chicken and and I say potatoes with air quotes that I had upstairs in the press box. So that's nice of you, John. But but uh, yeah, but at least I mean I, it was like it was like I mean it's, it's not like they're giving you prison sandwiches. Now, now did you guys drive out together in, in, in the photo workroom? Oh, no, no, we did not. Uh, uh, it, it takes me an hour to get to Chiquis's location. So, and and from where I live in Austin, in San Antonio, is actually west of Austin. It's actually easier for me to go different, like not even go down the main highway at all. So, Did any of you I, guys I um, rub elbows with some of the some of the, the the other guys that went to the game? Oh yeah, no, Chiquis. Uh, Chiquis was there in the, in the mix zone with uh, with Mr. Marshall and, and Weasel and. And Arch and, and, and John Arnold and the whole the whole gang was there. Uh, at least the ones that could uh, attend the game or, or, or paid to attend the game. The chiquis codiándose con los grandes. Yeah, the one guy I missed was uh was Jason Marquitz, man. I, I I didn't know he was there Mar- until I saw pictures of him. Marquitos was there. Yeah. I had no idea. I even saw Sergio from Pancho Villa's army. Yeah, he got on the field friend, access. Friend of through. the show, Sergio. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's funny everyone about turned out for the Well, it's because it was in San Antonio, so it was you know it's easy it's easy for the Texans to go to San Antonio. But uh, I, I did know, and I pointed out to Sergio on the on the official uh, some press release about the schedule of events from the game that his his little get together the night before. At uh, at that wrestling uh, theme bar, El Luchador was on that schedule of events. He had no idea. He he had no idea that that was on there. Oh. Wow. And I was wondering, well, how, well, how is it that he didn't have an idea? And then and then, and then it dawned on me that it, that 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 beer Estrella Jalisco is now a sponsor of of the Mexico U.S. tour, and they were sponsoring that event. So that's how they managed to get on the schedule of the schedule of events there. Oh, that's cool. For the big game. Well, good. It sounds like you guys had a good time. Um, and Joel, I mean, Moleros is all we got, dude. I mean, well, well no, we got a couple of makeup, but it, it didn't work out. No, I understand, but but this, I think, um, I think one thing we could take from the Moleros. How much people are willing to pay to go see a game like that, and I think it's had its effect. In in you well, know, it's what, funny you mentioned that, Joel, because the stadium seats sixty three thousand. If there were twenty five thousand people there, I would have been shocked. Yeah, attendance was low. I know, but the other team was twenty five thousand people. Under twenty three team. Go ahead. No. To, to play an under twenty three team is not bad. It was an under twenty one team. Oh, there. 
which they announced recently now, about. Now, Joel, it's 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 just it was just brought up, but you know, it's just a topic on the agenda. They're not, you know, the Licenciado Bonilla, you know, came up to New York <laughs> and, and talked to the MLS folks, and they just, they just, you know, they're just banting around some ideas. As far they as had broached that topic last year, John. They broached that already. Topic yeah, every year. It's obviously an understatement, but but to, to say that I hope that doesn't happen, I mean, I really hope it doesn't happen. I wouldn't mind if it does, Dan. I don't no, know, we, man. Honestly, put a... Go ahead, boys. I, I, I just hate the idea of it. I, 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 I really genuinely hate the idea of it. I enjoy the relocation battle. I find it interesting. I find it fun. I, I, like if there's a game on, with with those kind of implications. If and otherwise, why would I want to watch Veracruz play? There's there's a certain amount of 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 attractiveness to the game of just knowing what's on the line. Yeah, I'll tune into to want to, to watch that. But if I know that they're gonna just suck, and there's actually gonna be like no. And I, granted, maybe Veracruz is a bad example because they, they are they're, they're, there's very little repercussions for them being uh, relegated because they they buy themselves back in. But but still, like the, the point remains, you know, it, it makes it, it it makes a lot of these um, matches they go they went from from only kind of important because you know, like we said, you know, it's relatively easy to get into the like, yeah, but it takes it to a whole other level of meaningless. When's, when's the last time we saw a truly important team get relegated? Well, that's see, but again, like that's not to me. That's not something that that, that I'm, I'm. I think uh, it's okay. it makes it more interesting, sure, because one of the big ones make. But but just the relegation itself, the fact that these teams, it's important to them. It's important to the fans. Um, yeah, I, to you're me, no longer Necaxa. You know, by, by the time they got relegated, they were they were now Escalientes. They their old, their fan base was gone. Atlante. Same. Those were historic teams, and and uh, they just lost their fan base. River Plate. Just went to Cancun, and there was a protest in Mexico City to uh, to demand that Atlante stay in the city, and I think like five people showed up. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's messed up, man. But but Alante is one of the historic teams, and and I guess they mismanaged. And and that's more to the point I'm trying to make because um, you know, I, I see what what the league wants to do, where they want to like kind of rebrand and, and repackage it, and it's hard to do when you have teams like you had Chapas who had to be disaffiliated because. They owed so much money to their players, and and you have Lobos Buap, who couldn't even get a TV deal. They, they played like what five, six match days without without any uh, television, very small stadium, and and the majority of teams are like that, like in that same situation. The majority of second division teams, and and some Was of the. I'll let you finish, finish your point and I'll, and I'll jump. Yeah, and, and with first division teams, you see it. You see a lot of the same as well, with uh, having all, all type of uh, 
money problems. And and one of the thing is that that hurts Liga MX is that the clubs don't make that much money off of the gate. And and they see that they could, but I I guess people aren't willing to pay that much unless it comes to like Ligia. So I, I do feel it's like a lot of it is with like branding and marketing. And I think we've seen it recently with like I don't know if you guys remember Pumas was doing the some Chiba jerseys and those things were selling out, man. And they'll come in a box and everything. You even had people now, oh, making YouTube videos unboxing a jersey and they're, they're paying like what over a hundred and fifty for you know jersey that used to cost fifty dollars. You know, it's funny you mentioned that Joel. When I I used to do. Uh, <clears throat> When we uh, had the Longhorn Radio and we were on ESPN Radio uh, in Austin, we used to do, we had a, a show called Tardes Deportivas in Austin. It was, it was for a couple hours every day. And we were giving away a Chiba. It was, it was, it was a classical. We were giving away a Chiba shirt and an America shirt. The America shirt cost like $90. Authentic, you know, an authentic replica shirt. The Chivas one cost like 45 <laughs> <laughs> It, cra- it cracked me up, but yep. here, here, here's where I think that the, uh, that where, where Liga Mekis to me, I think is, 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 is just, uh, to, to me, they're like, they like, they, they don't have any, any kind of unified, I guess a premier league in, in a sense. Okay. So each team negotiates their television contracts, not just with, with Mexican providers, but also with American providers individually. That, that to me is crazy. There's no reason why Lobos Wap, when they come in, you know, when a team is promoted, they should be guaranteed, okay, you're going to get this much money in your TV contract. At a minimum, regardless of who it is, you're going to get this much. Boom, here it is. Right? But that doesn't happen. I mean, I mean, so so unless you're a team like a Nicaxa or, you know, I guess you, even when Atlanta, when they come back, you know, they might, might have a little bit more to uh, – have a little bit more to spend. I mean, a little bit more financial backing than others. They're going to be up against it right off the bat. I mean, I know that Lobos Bop had a good first season. They had 23 points. They have 1.5 games. So that cushion that they had where, you know, as long as if there's going to be 34 games that they play, as, as long as they combined to have 35 points, you know, between 35 to 38 points, let's say, in, in the two seasons, they're going to stay up no matter what because their coefficient's always going to be higher than the the ones that fall, but 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 if they hover around that, you know, from 33 to 35, they're dead. And right now, as it stands, they have they had 23 in the last one, so they needed to get 11 points. They have what 12 games now to get 10 points. I don't know how they're going to do it. So I don't so I don't mind like what. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say I don't mind what Joel was like what Joel was saying about all these like. Uh, low-budget teams coming in or these unknown teams with small stadiums or small fan bases. I don't care. If someone is not playing good enough, if a Cruz Azul is playing really bad and they get relegated, then that's tough on them. That's too bad for them. Or if some low-budget team gets promoted, that's good for them. And if the, if the league suffers, that's the way it is. So if Pro-Rail goes away, to me it's just a whole sign of corruption. If uh, Cruz Azul goes down and they somehow figure out a way to get promoted back up, that's that's corruption going down. Well, that's because a, a lot of times the, the the teams, the owners, they're willing to sell because they know that they're not going to have enough money to stay afloat. So a lot of times, 
the, those teams they'll, they'll sell the they'll sell the franchise because they'll make some money. That that's also the, the teams for the most part lose money. They they don't really make all this money like we like to believe. A lot of these teams are just you know trying to trying to find a way to stay afloat. Which is I one mean, of the reasons why some of these teams have you know thirty thousand jersey sponsors on their uniform. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know I, I'm gonna keep saying it. Look at the owners. Look look at how many times the clubs has changed owners. Uh, even with Santos, how they went to Grupo Modelo, and then someone else got them, and then I think they went back to Grupo Modelo. I'm not sure where they're at now, and and that's pretty much the, all of the teams. Chivas Vergara just got them in O2. Um, Atlas just what a year ago or two, they went to Televisa along with Morelia. So the majority of those teams, they've been switching owners for a long time. You know, if those guys were making profit, just, just you know, we wouldn't see that many changes. It's true. I mean, how many how many different owners has Veracruz had over the past 15 to 20 years? <laughs> and, then, and then the team gets relegated. And I mean, I've seen it. I mean, I've started really paying attention again to Liga and Mekis, probably starting around 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. I think Veracruz has been relegated twice. In that but, but, and on either occasion, in neither occasion, Joel, did they win their <laughs> way back into the into, They bought their <laughs> way back. But, and, and in Pachuca is the recent one that they have that scandal now. And, you know, what was a big help to them was the whole, what was it, uh, cutbacks they were getting from the, from the government. They were getting all this land and... and all this other stuff, that without that, who knows how far Pachuca would have gotten to. Because before that, no. they, they got relegated a handful of times. You know, tranzas, no avanzas. <laughs> it, that's, it's that's, not always so much tranza, man. It's not sports-related, man. There is some, but it's not. It's well, not Pachuca deserves a lot Pachuca did what they had to do to, to get what they needed. Look at Leon when they came back. Well, that's due to their owner, too. Like Owners like Vergara and uh, Martinez are good because they, they have the money and they see it as a business, but they also love the team, love the product, they love the sport. That's what other owners probably don't know. It's just a business to them, so they'll sell or if they descend, they'll just give up. So at, at what point did Liga and Mekis owners stop emulating or what the Argentine league did and now we're starting to realize maybe MLS should be the league that we should copy. When did that change? Because the reason they have the two season seasons is because, you know, Argentina does that, so Liga Mekis does that. They're, they're, they're promotion coefficient where they, you know, where they average the, 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 the points over the, over the previous three seasons. That started in Argentina, so now you know Mexico did that as well. I mean, they even brought you know the Barras Bravas from Argentina. So the songs they sing. I mean, half the foreigners in Liga and Mexico are from Argentina. So at, at what point? Me. At what point did, did the owner say, you know what, maybe the league that we should start emulating as far as the administration and the and, and, and how we go about our business? What, what, what changed from that? Maradona. 
right. Argentina became Argentina is just the, 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 the model to follow in all things their soccer power. Even even the uh, even when River Plate descended, their Tano Pasman was the example for all these Lady Aguila, Lady Cimentera, Lady whoever crying on the other team <laughs> losing and stuff. That's 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 another thing that's great about the the Senso is the potential for some dude who filmed crying about Cruz Azul being this elegant. Well, I, I think what Dan what is I right, think... though. Go ahead, Juan. Go ahead. No, no, you, you said Dan is right on... on... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, please, I mean, go on. <laughs> Not that he can't be. I'm, I'm just interested. What... No, the relegation battle is so much more exciting. Oh, what, yeah, no doubt. What happens, no doubt. what happens at the top of the league. I mean, it's just... I mean, especially... I mean, and Dan and I, we, we experienced it 10 years ago ourselves because... Because Pumas and Santos were in the, in the thick of it, and then they had the uh, Querétaro was docked some points because they didn't deal the guys from the from from the the, the, the yeah. do you know once rule or what the twenty one eleven rule, and they, they were the ones that ended up getting uh, getting relegated. And of course, another team that bought their way back. She was as well, man. It got me it got me into watching or paying more attention when she was hit that relegation zone. Uh, yeah, they were the relegation exciting. very recent, very recently. Yeah. No, but but see, yeah, I, I agree with that. But but I think the league, it's been in the league's plan to do away with with relegation, I, and I don't think it's do away with it completely. I just think they're trying to restructure the league, and they might take. I think, or they probably figured, there's not going to be enough teams in second division that. That are going to be able to meet certain standards, but like like I'll use like the German league Bundesliga in order to be a first division team to be licensed. You you need to meet all these requirements, you know. And there'll be a lot of Liga MX teams that wouldn't they wouldn't be able to meet those requirements of stuff that you need to have. And and right. I think that's that's part of it where they they at least want to have a stadium that. You know, adequate. But, does, for, but for, does changing does changing the format of the league really address those issues? Isn't it more of an issue with bad owners? I mean, I think what they should do is collectively just weed well, out the well, bad yeah. ones. Well, yeah. Well, that's part. That's that's how they weed them out. Because I think I, it's well, easier I think it's that 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 anybody with a lot of money is is automatically going to be. The right, because that's what it sounds like. I mean, they, what they want to do is make sure that yeah. that teams owners that have legit money, okay, but that doesn't necessarily make them good owners. No, I know, but, but or good management. So I don't know. I mean, that's why I I, I don't. I, well, I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, right I'm a bit skeptical, it's, it's and I do think that it may end up in the bottom line. I do think viewership uh, will suffer if you if you if you. Get rid of relegation. I think they're underestimating how much some people may get turned off by it. I don't know. I'm not saying that. I think I definitely think some people will will, will tune out. Well, I mean, wasn't it two teams before, and then we just cut it down to one? You know what? Right. Give us something because it still Man. it adds that drama. It adds that drama, uh, especially toward the end of, of the of the second season. Um, 
where where all that stuff is on is on the line. I remember last year, I know me and John we were like uh, glued to 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 the tabla because it was just intriguing. And, I mean, and it, all these every, matches every week, every week it was you know somebody else fell down to the bottom. It was. It was a race to the bottom, and every week it was like... And it was only one spot, down. but it was about five teams that were involved, it yeah. seemed like. It was, it was Querétaro, Puebla, uh, I think um, Veracruz, Chiapas. Yeah, I mean, it was just... It, it, when else would you be excited to watch those teams? No, you're not, but, but at the same time, it's like they're not making money. So that's that's the... Yeah, but they wouldn't be making money if they were winning either. No, but if you, if you brought in... Better clubs that that can invest more and bring better players. That's where they feel they're gonna end up ultimately making more money, be able to charge more at the gate. Yeah, can but, we but agree the, that Veracruz is never gonna be popular though? Small part of their, uh, it's such a small part of their thing. I think part of it I too mean, um, just reality. is the branding, and th- there's just nothing very sexy about Veracruz, unfortunately. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, Dan. Because uh, I mean, first of all, I, I love the nickname. That, you know, their 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 crest is outstanding. They have a great nickname. Their mascot is scary as hell. <laughs> Debu or whatever hell his name is. It, it, he looks like the, the like the, it, it, if a shark could ever be the it clown, it would be it would be Debu or whatever. whatever is called. it left shark, left shark or right shark? Well, he's definitely. A, 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 I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know which one's which. But uh, now he. Uh, and and then and then on top of everything else, like like the, just their their numbering and, 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 and font motif is is also has a shark theme as well. Their Which stadium, really... their stadium name is also really good. El, el Luis Pirata Fuente. Yeah. And remember, Marquitos told us that like like you can go there and, and you know it's it, it, the, the the tickets are cheap and the drinks are even cheaper. <laughs> that's see that's 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 right there, John. That's like that's like a hole in the wall bar. You know, where you buy a pass and a shot for five bucks. Exactly. And they want to they get rid of that, and they want to put in the, the hipster bar that only serves mixed drinks from exologists, and they, they can charge you $12. The, the, the freedom bar that they have in the Estadio Azteca. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, that's a tremendous uh, fan base, though, even if, it's for, if it is truly for that reason. That's even the, the, during the Tigres game when Tuca went crazy. The, the, the stadium right. was full. There was fans all over the place going crazy. That stadium and... is full every week. So yeah, they got they got a good uh, they got a good fan base there. Yeah, uh, they have you know Atlas. As much as we like making fun of Atlas, I watched the Atlas game. They beat Cruz Azul uh, Friday night, last Friday night. You know their atmosphere there is 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 frankly it, it's outstanding. It is a thousand times better than any anything that happens in Chile. You know which is such a and, and and guess who has the most expensive tickets. I would guess Chivas. either. Oh, yeah, it's Chivas, and 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 Chivas, the most popular team in Mexico, has a forty thousand something stadium and is maybe maybe half full every week. I'm not sure if you guys uh, caught any of the Mexican soccer show, but they there. Uh, Tom had mentioned that. Uh, Atlas is like a, or has the potential of being like the hipster club. I, I think he kind of maybe misspoke, but I, I think there's a punk rock element to Atlas, especially the fan base. 
Maybe not hipster, but definitely punk rock. Um, I think where they're, I mean, where, not, where it's not, a bit hardcore. Right. I, I used to run. They're like, the, they're like the, the metal the metal band. The metal band. Fans. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Exactly. I, I I was thinking more like kind of like Black Flag and and just like uh, just hardcore punk. But uh, but no, I, 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 those clubs. I mean. Even that element, though, even like it's it's so frowned upon now. So it's kind of, I do I do kind of agree with them where I do see that potential of them kind of growing, growing it a, a bit more. And, and it, but you, you, it needs to show up on the football field too. But yeah, um, exactly. They'll Atlas will find a way to screw it up. Because I know I I, I I know a lot of people like to make fun of them. I I don't know. I, I have a bit of a soft spot for them. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see them do well. Maybe you're, willing you're, willing to admit that. you're willing to admit that on the show, dude. What's that? You're willing to admit that on the show. That I, I said misogynist. I mean, masochist. They're masochists. Yeah, a... a lot of them, <laughs> that's man. That's sort of hipster of them, though. You yeah. Go uh, I could be a so bit of a concurrent sometimes. That if, that if, that if, that if, if Morsi was a Liga Mekis fan, He'll be a Rocky Negro. Yeah, pretty much, dude. <laughs> He's moping around all the time. Okay. Alright, so so here's my here's my question to y'all and I'll let y'all answer. Okay. So how what would you do, Joel, to fix promotion relegation? I, I think I do think it's broken just because there's no just you need to do something to incentivize second division teams. Uh, Agreed. But I think ultimately it's going to come down to TV deal. So you have to find a way to to help these teams be profitable. So I think having like a like a better Copa MX, like a better tournament, like the one we've discussed before. But you before, also have to incentivize the prize more as well, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. Have to come from the league. So that so that a lot of these teams they, they could build their fan base because uh, a lot of those teams don't they don't really have strong fan base. Lowe's okay. Boa being a good example. Chickies, Chickies, what would you do if, if you think it's needs improvement? How would you improve it? Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, I I, I enjoy the way it currently is. And I understand Juez talking about the money and, and the finances of owners selling and teams not being able to make a profit. But uh, I enjoy, like Dan was saying, I enjoy the competition of getting out of the relegation zone. Uh, I enjoy, I would enjoy it even more if like a Cruz Azul or a bigger team, maybe like, I'll just say Cruz Azul, Puerto Luca or somebody like me that would descend. And without corruption, without buying themselves back in, the 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 drama and all the heartache that that would cost. But yeah, I mean, I don't have no. Uh, Coel has more knowledge. All right, uh, yeah, Dano, you secret secret Rocky Negro boy. That's you, you have just opened yourself up to a whole myriad of of new nicknames, Dan. We're gonna have to work on that. But. Uh, 
if you, if you were commissioner for a day, how how would you how would you change pro row? If if you think it needed change at all. <clears throat> Did, did we lose it? Stay no gone. Uh, if he's gone, I, I've got something from the from the Citadel, John. Well, well let me answer, let me Oops, answer uh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was on oh, mute. There, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was on mute. I was yap, yapping along. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, no, I was saying that there's a number of things that they can that they can try to do to um, to address it or to try to tweak it a bit. I, if I were commissioner, if it were if it were up to me. I'd get rid of the the, the percentage. I, I I don't I don't like it. I, I like the the idea of, of of a terrible season really hurting. Now, realistically, that's not going to happen because they want to set up that protection for for teams. Um, but that would be one thing. I think other things too that that I probably wouldn't mind seeing is um, maybe reducing the the number of teams. Period. If if you want a stronger division. Stronger second division, maybe reduce some of the teams in first division, um, and and also um, reduce the, the the number of teams that make a league because then it, it becomes even more of a joke if, if you get eight teams and there's only like fifteen teams or fifteen teams or so, whatever there are. But the, the, those are those are a couple things that I I, I, I probably wouldn't mind seeing. Okay. So. Not very uh, viable. All of y'all have fantastic, have, have very fantastic ideas. Uh, even Chicky's status quo is, is very, very reasonable. There, there are a couple of things I would do. First thing I hope I, I, I says I, I would make it not just one team. I'd make two teams. I'd make two teams. Well, I'd make one. I'd make make the, the the last place team relegate for sure, and then the second the last place team, I would have them in a playoff with the second place team of the SN of the SN school. So. Even if you're second to last, there's no guarantee that you're gonna descend or not. So, so that would be the first thing I would do. So that way would give. I also do believe, as Hoed says, that you you have to incentivize second division, and it's not not just incentivize second division, but you have to incentivize the prize for first division. And a lot of that, and, and again, again, I harken back to television contract. You know, how big is it for for, for teams like uh, what what is it? Uh, in, in the Premier League, uh, uh, Jean-Luc Picardy was it is it Huddlesfield or teams like 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 Brighton Hove and Albion, teams like that, that would have no business ever being in a Premier League, but because of the fact that they get this gigantic piece of a TV contract, that that they have a very realistic chance of 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 staying in for you know three or four years or whatever it is. And then teams like Newcastle and this and that that do descend, you know, that they have the ability to to get back. I do think that they actually have to add more teams to the the Senso. and I also uh, the Senso rather, and I also believe that they have to have say 16 teams in the Senso and then have eight teams that are like minor league, like like uh, what was what was Chivas's B team called? That was in the Tapatio. Tapatio. And like, and like Pumas yeah. and Pumas Morelos and Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul Hidalgo, and America had their, 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 their beat. I, I, I think that, 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 that and, that, and you know, just like there's like Barcelona B and and Castillo and and, and the, the Real Madrid's B team that that play in the in the in the Ascenso, but but can never get rel can never get promoted. They should have that same thing in Mexico, or they used to have that same thing in Mexico. 
So, so they're very viable things. But to me, the biggest thing for Mexico to do is they have to, they have to consolidate themselves in the quote unquote Premier League, where they aggregate the contracts, the TV contracts, and share it evenly, so that everyone has has an equal piece of the pie. Is that where the bulk of the money is? Is in the TV contract? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because I was going to say just revenue sharing in general doesn't necessarily have to be only TV, but you, you got to give those teams coming up a, a bit of a bump in order to make them realistic contenders, I think. So, yeah, to your point, I, I think that that would be... Well, I mean, just that, at the very that's, least... That would be a must. Yeah, I mean, at the very least... Yeah. I mean, I know that Lobos Bluff had their 23-point season and they get that, but... I mean, sooner or later, you, I mean, no one knew. I mean, no one expected that to be sustainable. It just, it just wasn't going to be. I mean, when you said Guadalajara, a team that, as Joel says, you know, you have to have a, a, a strong fan base. They have a massive fan base in Guadalajara. I, I would actually consider it probably the second most popular team in Guadalajara, more so than Atlas. They, they, they do very well as a, as a ascenso team. They do very well in attendance. Play playing there at the Jalisco, so 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 they they, they can build a strong fan base. But, but when they came up a couple years ago, I mean, despite the fact they had a strong fan base, I mean, they they they, they just could not be competitive. They couldn't be competitive. And then they got they got oh no, I'm sorry, it was Dorados. They got saddled with all those awful uh, Chivas players. <laughs> a bunch of cartuchos quemados. Oh man. <laughs> that, uh, that just, that just, yeah, they, 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 they couldn't get over. No. So, so I mean, Dora, you know, Dorado, another team that has has a solid fan base, a, a you know, a decent stadium. You know, I, I think that I think a team like like Alebrijes in Oaxaca has a brand new stadium. Zacatepec has a brand new stadium. So, you know, the, the, they are making the investment. What's you know, Alebrijes? Alebrijes? Is that dragon? Uh, Is that a dragon? Sure, that was a fish. Okay. No, a bird. Like, like. Uh, I thought it was. Like it's a hummingbird. It's not like a hummingbird. Is that what that is? Okay. All right. Now, I'm just guessing. I'm. I, I don't. I don't know what the word means. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. Google. Anyway. Google. So, so that, that's what I. Was yeah, it's Google, man. Ah, it is a dragon. Is it a dragon? It's, or a it's dragon a. Dragon? It's a mythical creature. Yeah. The folk art sculpture like dragon type of thing. Oh, so it's like a J. I think I was I was confusing it with Colibri. But Colibri was the hummingbird or like the little bird. Right. I mean that's another example. I mean there's there's no there's no reason why Quanavaca can't have a team. You know, they had a good team before. In uh Chelaya had a team too. Tampico. Zanaya won a title. That's Ronnie's favorite. Ronnie's. Did they? won a title. I know they got to the final, but but they lost they to had, Nicaxa. They had well, uh, Buitreño Hugo Sanchez. They don't yeah. They didn't win, though. What was they that? Said, uh, and they had Sanchez. Then they huh? had that. What, what was that Juarez team, too? That They, they did well for, for a minute. Indios, but they had to change their name because it was culturally insensitive. Ah, is that what that was? No, it's messy. 
No, they were in in. in uh, I thought they were just like a. They were okay. in a very violent area. Just, just to get to the stadium was the mission. And I want to get some Colombian, some Colombian players. <laughs> that, that yeah. Too violent to live in in, in Ciudad Juarez, so they went back to Medellin. <laughs> Man, that sucks, man. Just because I, I think that like a, a a city like that should have a football team. Yeah. Um, well, they, I know they, they do. Lost. I know they do. But um, but but like uh, but there, I I guess my point is that I, I like seeing a, a city like that have a first division team. They even had a I player mean, that they had street cred that was that made the first division team. I don't know if you guys remember him, Maleno or something. His I'm still right. waiting for Alacranes to, you know, to, to make the, the jump. And we and we have we have the perfect example of a, of, of a team that was born in second division, that worked its way through, and, and then and that has done very well for himself when it got promoted, and that's Cholos, the Tijuana. You know, they're a great story, they've and, that, and that, that's a team years. that would never, if if this if, if if you got rid of promotion relegation, a team like that would never would never make it. You, we'd never see a team like that. <clears throat> I mean, I hear you, and I, and I think ultimately, um, if, if the owners uh, really want to protect their own interests, then then we they they may just uh, roll the dice and yeah, f it, you know. But uh, well, see, I, the, I really the thing hope that, that I find really, really uh, not, uh, I don't want to say insensitive, but just, uh, to me, it was just kind of, uh, 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 what do you guys think in decision was when they said you have to have a minimum 25,000 seats in the stadium right after, you know, uh, the stadium in Oaxaca opens and the one in Zacatepec that are, I, I think they're right around 20. I forget, I forget, I forget what, their, what, their, what their capacity is. But, uh, you know, I mean, and again, you know, you look at leagues around the world and yes, there are, you know, everyone has, you know, the Emirates, Old Trafford and the Allianz Arena and the Gold Camp and those, they seat, you know, tens of thousands of fans and they, and they do very well and we get that there's, you know, Estadio Azteca and, and, and go down the line. But for every Estadio Azteca, you know, there's the really... You know, there's the Craven Cottage. You know, the real charming. You know, twenty twenty five thousand. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with having stadiums like that. You know, teams like that. La Bombonera. That's uh, I mean, one of the most famous uh, stadiums in the world. Then, right? It's not huge. I mean, no. You, you don't. You don't. I don't think you need that. It's like a half a stadium. <clears throat> I mean, part of me and, and misses the old Corona, just because it was just no one wanted to go there. Right. It, it, it was it, a tough helped. place to play. It was a, a tiny stadium, but it was spilling every game without fail. I mean, you see empty seats now um, in, in a new stadium. You, you know. can't miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but. Uh, but no, and that's that's one thing that, that you also um, like. At least I, at least I personally thought that there was like um, a certain element that, that you just you, it's it's a uh, more raw. I don't know, less uh, sanitized. It's raw. I, I kind I I like it. Yeah, it, it's not the Hamad like 
it's not the homogenized stadiums you see. Like in, in the last World Cup, you know, stadiums are, you know, the, it was, the World Cup was in Brazil, right? And you see these stadiums, I mean, I mean that stadium could have been anywhere in Europe, but you would never, never would have considered it being in Brazil at all. It, 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 it just, it, it, they just didn't look right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like the fact that, that, that Mexico, even to this day, still has... You know, the, the more, I mean, Zacatepec Stadium is beautiful. It's gorgeous. We need to have uh, our, our uh, uh, the uh, director deportivo of Zacatepec on our show, Michelle, Michelle Michaud, who I accidentally said was on the show a few weeks ago. But he said, I had no idea it was on the show. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, and, and so he, so he could give us, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, obviously, but, you know, so, so we can, uh, you know, get his, you know, as a second division team, how he feels about all this and, you know, hopefully he'll be willing to come on and talk to us about it. So I think it'd be, it's a very interesting topic, and I think it's something we can certainly discuss uh, moving forward. I'm, I'm going to share right now, just to close off the topic. So this was an interview from 2005, and it was from the former FMF president Alberto de la Torre, no relation to, to Chepo or Nestor or none of the Chiva guys. Completely different. Torre, Completely uh, different, De La Torre. So he was talking because they were already talking about converting. You, you know, back then, uh, it used to be the the Mexican League was known as the Primera A. So they were already talking about changing the name, and they wanted to call it uh, Premier League, Mexican Premier League. Um, and and so. What what they wanted to do is uh, 18 teams were going were all going to be the wait man I lost my place <laughs> so the 18 teams were going to be in the Premier League but each team had to have a team in second division which they used to before but back then so back we're talking about 2005 only 11 teams used to own a second division side. I think it's even less now, but but their plan was for every team to have a side in second. So pretty much at that point, you could you could pretty much say farewell to relegation. You know, because if the team already owns the second division, if you got relegated, you you just you know switch it off. Um, but but one of the important things was third division was they were gonna have less foreigners in second division and no foreigners in third division. So. They had a big plan to like promote their own their own talent from from third division all the way up to first, which I think that ended up changing. You know, th- their ideas changed later on, where it became let's just have more foreigners. So, so this is one of his quotes. Uh, he said, "Estos circuitos se convertirían." En verdaderos surtidores de jugadores para la Liga Premier. So, so I think that group that was that was pushing for that uh, had high hopes to to develop more talent, and and that just I guess the clubs decided that's just not it, it not not to do it like that. They did do it differently because they they created a under 15 team for um, 
and and the youth team started doing well around the same time. This is in 05. This is around the time they won the under 17 World Cup. Um, and and but but even that was a bit of a. If, if you read that story, the, if, if you see how that whole thing happened with the under 15 winning, it was it was, a, you know, it it wasn't the federation. It, it was it was like a mess, and just how it happened. Um, but but the one from 2011 was part of the project when the when the federation started being more serious in the, the Olympics as well. So it's, uh, it's it, 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 it fell. It fell through. The, it, 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 it did not plan. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. And, and even the name, because you know, Primera became Liga MX, and then uh, which was the which was going to be Primera B became the Premier League. I think no, it was going to became what Liga de Ascenso now. Ascenso MX. There you go, and uh, and then for the youth, what they did was they did the 2011 rule, and then they took it out. Now they're talking about bringing it back. Well, you but, know, don't forget that uh, was this? Did you say this came out in 2005? This article. Yes, September of 2005. Ah, so there you go. So it was September 2005. So what happened right after September 2005? That, that that changed the way people thought about what they should do. Ah, John, come on, man, you're gonna sully that win. I'm not sullied anything, but I'm just I'm, I'm just saying. What, yeah, what, what what changed? Well, what changed in the minds of the owners? Well, the, the, they won the under 17. That's right. Um, and and that I'm, I'm gonna say it really quick. So what happened back then was that uh, FMF had hired. Humberto Grondona, who was the son of, um, and I confuse the names. What was the main dude from uh, Argentina? Hugo, I mean, Humberto Grondona, his son was Hugo Grondona. So FMF hired his son to do the, uh, the youth teams. And just recently, his son was in charge of the Argentina teams. He's the one that turned them into a mess. Ackerman had, had them winning pretty much everything, every right. division. In, Hugo came in, took a big dump, and he can't even qualify anymore. So, so this is the guy that we hired, you know, to, to come into Mexico, and and he was in charge of all the divisions, and he started doing pretty bad. But uh, it was uh, it was Emilio Azcárraga. He used to own Atlante, his cousins to the Televisa Azcárragas of America, and he's the dude that made the. He made the under-15 team, and he hired, um, he hired, uh, what was his name, Chucho, Chucho Ramirez, to work with that team. So it was funny because uh, Hugo was, was, it was kind of separate, you know. Grondona was in charge, but, but this dude kind of hired someone out of like, his own pocket. And when Hugo got sacked, they just let... Uh, they just gave full control to Chucho Ramirez, and he's the one that ended up taking the, the team to Peru, where they eventually won. That's long story short. And Chucho Ramirez, of course. Yeah, then he shit the bed. <laughs> born and raised. Well, no, 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 born and raised in 
Oh, he's part of the Atlanta school, right? Excuse you. Wait. Nico Ramirez was, is a Puma through and through. He, he didn't, because Atlanta gave a lot of coaches, you know, like a lot of coaches came out of the. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's true for him. But Chito Ramirez was a canterano from Pumas, played for them, coached for them. The whole, the whole bit. He was on the, he was on the team with, uh, with Hugo and Cuellar and Tuca, all those guys. He was part of that group and uh, Memo Vasquez. Oh man! And of course, Memo Vasquez's dad was one of was one of Boras, uh, assistants as well. So it's uh, so good players. Good players and coaches come out of Pumas. It's just that's just the the reality of, of, of Mexican soccer. One of one of one of one of the unflappable truths of Mexican soccer. So, gentlemen, uh, next week we have Champions League that starts again. Uh, Real Madrid is playing PSG. Final avanzada, as far as I'm concerned. Does PSG win this tie? And if they don't, is their season a complete failure? What was the first question? Is PSG going to advance over Real Madrid? And if they don't, is, is their season so a failure? Especially with the talking that's already been uh, starting a little bit? Yep. Um, yeah, I think uh, they're, they're kind of putting um, unneeded pressure because the pressure is on uh, Madrid. This is all they have. All they have yeah, to I mean, play pressure's for. Yeah, pressure is always on Madrid. And I think even more so now because I mean they're 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 much like Chivas, you know. Um, their their uh, their league uh, hopes are are quickly vanishing. So um, they need to to look at the other competition and just uh, put the, put all their efforts into that. And, and uh, you know, it it is a good time to play uh, Madrid just because you know you, you want to be. You want to play them when when they're when, when they're down, and and uh, it seems like if if they're going to do it, this is the season to do it. I personally think Madrid's going to smoke them. That's just my pers- That's just my personal. Opinion. I don't necessarily want that to happen. I mean, I I, I, I actually I like I like that Mbappe kid, but I know he's hurt, and uh, but. Uh, I just think that Real Madrid, their their entire reason for existing is is, is to play and win the Champions League more than anything else. They, that I think that that Zidane is like you know what the league whatever the Copa Rey whatever but the Champions League that that is our tournament. I mean they've won it what two years in a row they have they won the thing ten times or eleven whatever the number is eleven times. It's uh, it is the it is their tournament. That 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 is, you know, they they are the puppies of of Champions, and they always will. So, 
Well, you're a real uh, Real Madrid fan, then, eh? Hugo. I'm not a Real. Hugo Pumas. I'm not, I'm not a Real. Madrid. Makes sense. But I mean, but the, the the reality is, is that I mean, Real Madrid owns that tournament. I mean, they made they might. I mean, they haven't they don't win it every year. And I know that they lost a couple times to Barcelona, uh, you know, last decade. But I'm, yeah, I'm, but again, I'm not. I don't really. You know, it's funny you mentioned because I remember Tom Marshall asked me once, "Well, what team do you follow in Europe?" It's like I I don't really follow a team. I, I mean, it's, and that's just the thing because I have a team. So why would I want to follow another one? I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not a cambiagatos like like chiquis. You know, I felt like I was a Barca fan, but. It all went away the moment Rafa stopped playing. Right. Yeah. So, um, so whatever affection I had for the team, it was very superficial. And now, I yeah. guess uh, for I, I guess like, Go ahead. I'll, I'll root for them if I if I'm watching them. Like, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll want them to win, but um, invested not in the slightest. Well, I will say this about Barcelona, and I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but when they had Xavi and Iniesta. And uh, even, you know, Ronaldinho for a time and, you know, with Messi and, you know, you know, whoever, you know, Biscuits and all those guys. I mean, they really were uh, just an absolute joy to watch. I mean, they were just incredible. They, they were such a great team. They had different versions of it, too. Like you said, uh, when you first mentioned yeah. uh, when Ronaldinho was at his peak and Messi was just starting, they had uh, Samueletto. Um, they had a deco. Uh, it, it was a that was an amazing team. And then like the I remember once I was in a sorry, that I mean that's fine. You know, it's, it's a small town in Texas, and I was in. And I'd done my work that I had to do, and it, they were playing Chelsea. And it was like, screw it, I'm not going to drive home. I'm going to go watch this game. I'll have a beer and then I'll drive home. So I did that. TV and the guy's like really the bartender's like uh and the uh, you know all these old you know I don't want to say hits you know like really don't want to talk by the end of it they were completely riveted because Barcelona was just you know it, they, they don't play you know the, the the brand of soccer that most Americans hate where they you know they fall down or injured like the Simpsons episode them, blah 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 exactly I mean I mean they were I mean it was beautiful and and they were just just absolutely glued to the TV watching that because Chelsea was was good. This was after Mourinho, so I mean they were just totally riveted to the to the screen. Was this the game when? Uh, yeah. Was that the game when Ronaldinho clowned uh, John Terry? It may have been. Uh, I third uh, assist to uh, Eto that ended up getting the game. Winner. It was just a beautiful cross. That, I mean Eto ran and Ben just. I mean he, he did you say Rafa? Yeah, Rafa. Yeah, uh, I do, I remember that. I remember the, the play specifically. It was uh, he was out, he he moved he pushed forward, uh, which was crazy. You know, he's uh, playing center back and he's uh, moving up just outside the box and he crossed it to to Eto. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, I think wasn't yeah, that the perfect. same match where um, didn't Messi get um, I think Terry sent off or somebody? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he did. Or, 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 yeah, you got somebody. So yeah, so I'm trying to remember. Messi was like 18. But yeah, the, those are. Um, yeah. I could imagine how uh, the neutral would uh, would get get into this, something like that. That's 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 the way you, you you get into the sport. Watch a really good one like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they really were. I mean, at least in this century, I, I don't think anybody would debate. I mean, that that, that Barcelona group from whatever it was, which is 
absolutely taking the outstanding. Just what a great season. I mean, I mean, really, how lucky, how lucky we were that we were able to to, to witness that. I mean, they, I mean, they have certainly set the standard for the 21st century. Ooh, I just, I just drove by a cop. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Keep your head on a swivel, man. Ooh. <laughs> well, at least I'm not doing anything, you know, questionable. Hands free. Well, I'm definitely hands free. I got pinched uh, several weeks back. Oh, for that. Do you have time in the pokey? You have to do time no. in county. No, 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 no nothing to uh, change you, Dan. Just a ticket, <laughs> but but I was I was pretty pissed off at myself. I'm like, come on, man! I'm always looking out for cops, and like, and the dude just like literally just. Rolls up right next to me and sees me holding my phone. I'm like, son of a. And yep, just right away he saw we me. We did and a. I... And he got so me. He got Go busted. ahead. Yeah, yeah. We did a game on the Rose Bowl, and this was just after California had passed that law that you had to do hands free. And one of the guys that I worked with was trying to find the Rose Bowl. Couldn't find it. Gets pulled over. He's like on the phone, you know, talking to somebody. How do I get to this place? A cop pulls him over, goes up the window, taps on the window, the guy's on the phone goes, give me a second, you know, tell him the cop, just, just give me a second, I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. The cop did not like that. <laughs> no, good, he make him wait. like that at all. So that's a thing, really, they'll pull you over in California for holding your phone in your hand? Yes, it's, um, it's a it's a violation. It's a driving by. No, actually, it doesn't actually count. So it's not technically a vi- uh, a driving violation, but it is um, I guess technically it's against the law. Ticketable offense. Ticketable yes. Offense. All right. So Santos Chivas boys, Dan. <laughs> Easiest three points of the year for the season. Wow. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, um, I, I'd love to believe that. Um, but no, I do think they're going to win. Well, Chivas has made it very easy for, for teams to win at home. I think they've won like what? What is it, Roy? Like two out of their last ten or eleven home games? Yeah, it's it's pretty poor, man. I was doing the, I was looking at the numbers since Almeida started, and it's pretty rare for the team to win to have lopsided victories. They only have like one four zero win, and ironically, it was over Pumas, and that's like their biggest win at home four zero. And then there's a three to two against Cruz Azul, but the majority of wins are one zero or two one, and a lot of losses even by the minimum. But she was not a venue that I think inspires fear, man. Yeah, I mean, there's just no atmosphere. There's no atmosphere. Half empty. I mean, uh, again, I don't know how many did they do, do play, though. I mean, how how not as a fan? At least at least chant the I I I card. <laughs> no, I, I think it's part of what you said, where I think they, they've, uh, you know, they priced out a lot of fans. And uh, when they move the stadium, you know, you have, you have to take, uh, it's just a bit further to get there. 
right. made it more difficult and for even other fans. Yeah, so all of that has worked against Chivas, man. All, all of that stuff. They weren't. And, and, you know, they got so much land in that area because they were expecting they were expecting uh, them to blow up. So they had they had these plans going way back to like yeah they were gonna have a, a museum and a shopping center and offices they were gonna have all type of things right there and it's it never got developed it's just a stadium and uh, yeah so uh, so see the, the, how many times do we hear at least you know, with with Mexican. Team, Mexican League team, like like their best laid plans and like like no one ever seems to really follow through with that stuff. They always talk big talk and then nothing ever. They, it's like you know whenever a player gets in trouble, you know, and, and and he never admits that he was in trouble, and they always say un día saldrá la verdad, and then nothing ever. And that's like the last thing they'll ever say about it, and they never talk about it again. It, it, it just seems like that, that that's what always happens with with, with, with teams. That's why. You know, they're talking about this, um, you know, this relegation promotion thing. I don't think anything's ever going to come of that. I mean, I think they'll, they'll certainly talk about it, but I mean, I mean, that, that means that, 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 that someone's going to have to make tough decisions, and no one ever seems to really want to make those kind of tough decisions. I think it's it's, uh, it's definitely a pass uh, a pass the buck style of management. So. Not uh, not very surprising. So do they do they do they do they break do they break the do they do they get off the Schneid Hoel? Are they are they are they going to finally get some points at home? No, well points. I, I'm expecting one point. So you say draw. Dan says win. For Santos. Okay. Now, Chiquis, uh, our Pumas, they, they take on a, 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 a plucky fourth-place Morelia team in a stadium where Pumas has actually had a deep amount of, uh, of success against Morelia. So, uh, I mean, honestly, on the road, should, should we be happy with the draw or should we just go in and go for the win? Yeah, I underestimated the Morelia team. But they've, they've, been, they've been doing okay, so... I think uh, I think I'd be happy with the tie. Yeah, I would too. Uh, just just keep it going. You know, Pumas hasn't lost when they have Pumas has three wins and two draws so far in the season. So let's uh, let, let let let's keep that going. And uh, you know, they got that big big win against Tigres, uh, one of the biggest wins they've had in a couple of years. So hopefully, they can keep that keep that train rolling, and uh, and then we'll see how uh, how, how things turn out uh, things turn out next week. Gentlemen, I think we should uh, we should we, we should wrap it up here. I think that we've uh, all said what we had to say. Talked a little promotion relegation. We we, we kind of touched a little into the Chivas Crisis Center, but we didn't we didn't go full full DefCon two. So, Cohen, you're saying that the, the, the Chivas fan is Chivas always a DefCon three? Kind kind of yeah, kind of hard. But sometimes it takes one win and then fans forget. I, I think we should not forget to mention Lando. Uh, Lando is set to debut this week. 
with uh, who, do, who does Leon play this week? Um, let me see. Does Landon play defense because Leon has been given up goals? And I can make a make a make a cheap and easy joke about, but I won't. But they 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 have given up what nine goals in the last two games. Welcome to Liga Mekis Landon. They um, you know they're not that far off from uh. They're tied in points to Tigres. But they play Puebla. So they host Puebla. So and, and, and is he going to be a second-half substitute, and, do we and, think? And Puebla, Puebla has lost other away games. So they're very consistent. They win all their home games, and they lose all yeah. their away games. Well, they're... Danny, yeah, your, so, I your, mean, it's, your, your tip about keeping the head on a swivel has, has paid off. Thank you, sir. Just saw another one. Okay. So, so did we expect uh, Leon to uh, get to, to, to stop the bleeding then? Yeah, probably second, second half sub. What if Landon scores the big goal to... Uh, I know, he, I know he instant idol there. <laughs> they already treated him like one. I don't know if you guys saw the, you know, all the people that showed up to welcome him to the club. But I, right, no, they, there was, it was, you know, I'm sorry, but he, you know, he's he's a big deal. As as much as uh, fans are don't want to admit that, for whatever it's reason. A, yeah, it's a good team. If you could combine with some of the players they have there, like Montes. Forget the Archie's name. Um, something with a B. <laughs> oh, uh, whatever. Uh, Boselli. Mario Boselli. Yeah, Boselli. You could link up with those dudes. I think, uh, you know, it could cause some damage here and there. And of course, the the big game of the weekend is uh, Tigres America. It's going to be played in the Volcan. And uh, you know, you know, uh, America playing well. They're tied for first place with Monterrey and Pumas. Tigres, as we know, so notorious slow starters. This to me is is a recipe for disaster for America. I think I think Tigres wins this one, and they win it pretty handily. And to round out the schedule, uh, there is uh, let's see, there is. Uh, Tijuana uh, plays Querétaro. Tijuana has not given up a goal in five games. Unfortunately, they've only scored three goals in their other games, so uh, uh, they're, they're not doing as well as one would think when they have such a, a solid defense. A defense so solid that that, that, that they're uh, saying that maybe Lahoud might get a sniff at the national team. I, I, I don't know how he's going to jump uh, uh, Ochoa, Corona, and uh, Cota. So that's going to be tough for him. And Alfredo Talavera uh, made his way back this week, so that's a good Antala to get back on. And then on Saturday we have uh, Lobos Boap is hosting Atlas. Excuse me. Uh, and then we have, uh, of course, the Tigres. In, 
is hosting Necaxa, which at one point would have been As Joel mentioned, León is playing Puebla, and then Guadalajara, Santos rounds out the Saturday action. Then on Sunday, Toluca hosts Monterrey, and Veracruz hosts Pachuca. Pachuca is playing some crazy games. They finally got their uh, Japanese player, Onda, scoring a lot of goals. Unfortunately, they're giving up a lot of goals, too. Wait, does so, Honda score in Copa MX or in D? No, he scored in league. He has three goals in the league so far. Oh. And speaking of goal scores, I noticed, and I know it's early in the season, but there are, and, 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 and I know the numbers sound small, but there are actually three Mexican players in the top ten in scoring right now in the league. Normally, there's one, maybe two. And, of course, uh, uh, Henry Martin got a hat-trick last week against Lobos Guap for America. And as Joel so prophetically said in our first show of 2018, that he will be the surprise edition. Thank you, thank you, Joel. I'm going against that. Russia squad. Oh, <laughs> Chicky says no. That guy's overrated. I'm going against him. He's going to be left out. He'll be... He got, he's getting lucky. He'll be he'll be exposed for uh, his true value in the coming games. Well, you know he's he has the qualities you want in a striker. He heads the ball well. He can shoot with either leg, and and he's as good inside the area as he is outside the area. So that's you know Mexico doesn't have that many strikers like that. And the only one, other one I can think of is uh, is Jimenez. And frankly, Jimenez has played. I think I think uh, Martin has played more minutes with America than than Jimenez has played all season. Well, uh, in uh, San Antonio, the uh, the striker that that really uh, was worth his uh, weight was uh, Loyala. <laughs> He's the one that actually scored the goal. No, Martin did have some chances, but uh, you know, aside from the fact, I mean, he didn't have like a, I mean, he didn't miss like a major sit or anything like that. I mean, he did have a couple chances, but. You know, I, I thought that he, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I didn't. Now he did go on a, you know, on, on a crazy run like Chicharito did, when uh, when Chicharito was playing all those moleros before the World Cup, where he had, but where Aguirre had no choice but to put him on the squad. So, uh, unfortunately, Martin will not have those extra moleros like uh, like Chicharito did to get him into that position, but. I mean, I honestly believe if he keeps up the scoring pace because of the fact that Mexico has so few forwards, Mexican forwards that play on a day, on, on a weekly basis, that he's going to play he's going to play himself onto the squad, and he'll probably replace either Oribe or Jimenez. And at this point, I would probably say Jimenez just because uh, Jimenez hasn't gotten any any action. And uh, before we go, though, I do want to mention uh, the. the Saying that Chicharito should not start Russia. That should not be Mexico's starting forward in Russia. And the gentleman that wrote it listed a lot of, you know, a lot of facts, a lot, a lot of stats that I, that I, you know, he was absolutely dead right on. But, but he missed one major point about Chicharito and, and, and his, and his World Cup. Uh, performances, I guess. The major one is that he's he is only one goal away from being Mexico's all-time scorer in the World Cup. 
So it's got to be doing something. Yeah, he's he's gonna be in there. Yeah, yeah Chicharito's gotta be gotta be in there, and Chucky as well. Chicharito will be oh. in there, and of course he's gonna start. And and frankly, he's probably gonna start all three games. My question is, I haven't heard much from Tecatito. It's funny you mentioned that uh, Chiquis because. When Osorio was talking about the competition on the wings, he mentioned everybody but Tecatito. Oh, and I had heard through the grapevine that he might be getting blacklisted. I don't oh. know what he did, but they said that we would know for next month when they pitch a FIFA, you know, 23rd and 27th. He's not called up then. Chances are he's not going to get called up. That's crazy. If he doesn't, then three and out is what I'm looking for. <laughs> Just because Tecatito? He's the best player on the whole team. More that you rate him higher than Chucky? Yep. I think Chucky, I don't, I mean, everyone's spazzing out. Everyone's going crazy about Chucky. Um, I, I think we talked about the, the Dutch League before. Are you calling the Dutch League the MLS of Europe? Yeah, I mean, sort of. I think I think we're overrating a little bit on Chucky. He could easily come back to the national team and, and miss sitters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when, when, when Chucky did, I mean, he's only come back once from uh, his, his stint in Europe. And he did score in the one game that he played. It was against... Uh, against TNT there at the Alfonso Lastras in, in, in San Luis Potosí. And he, he did the one thing that I wish every Mexican player would do when they have an opportunity to score when you're, you know, within within the 18-yard box or in, in that general area. And that is pick a spot and don't shoot, pass it into the net. And that's what he did. And, and I think that that old would have probably taken the shot and kicked it right at the goal. So I do think that Chucky is learning. Now, I will agree with you all that the Dutch League is not a league that is known for its defensive prowess. And I do think that if, if, if Javier Hernandez played in the, in, in the Dutch League, he'd probably have upwards of 15, 16 goals. Kind of like, you know, the Bundesliga is not necessarily... Uh, a defender's league, like say the Premier League is, or, or Serie A. And Chicharito, you know, had a really good season when he, uh, in his first season there in the, in the Bundesliga, and he uh, was able to harness that goal scoring strength by scoring a grand total of one goal in the Copa America Centenario. So I could kind of see your point there. Uh, Chiquis about uh, about Chucky, but I do think that he, uh, because of the fact that he is scoring goals, I, th- I think that it is it is helping him. And you know, he, he's going to play a position where he's not. I mean, yes, he's counted on to score goals, but I mean, honestly, when 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 your wingers score goals, that's it's not necessarily gravy, but it's like, you know, it, it's nice that it's happening. And uh, you know, he's I mean, he's, he's he has taken full advantage of the opportunity that he's been given and he's done very well 
And I think for that, he needs to be commended. I know that for some reason, that you know, the, the Mexican thing to do is to, is the crap all over success. I'm not sure why that is, but I do think that we need to recognize. You know why, John? Is. It's instilled in us from kids where we get a piñata, and, and it's usually in the shape of like something we cherish. And then we get a stick and we beat the crap out of it, and candy comes out. I think that has some type of effect. Because if we crap on Chucky enough, you end up doing something good. Tough love. Is that what it is? That's my best guess, man. That's the theory. I don't, I don't like to sit uh, overconfident and end up getting owned. Well, I mean, I mean, I understand. I mean, that's like kind of the, the extreme positions that Joel is talking about with Chivas fans, where you know they lose two and you know the sky is falling and you know the worst team on the history of them. And then they win two and they're like, oh my god, you know, I cannot believe no one can stop the Chivas train. So I so I certainly see that too. But uh, I mean, I mean, if you ever read any comments on any tweet or any or any article that's written about a Mexican. Player, particularly one who's having a, a successful season, and holy—I mean, it just—it is—I mean, it, it is down. It is painful. It is painful. Como como ir flan estos petardos que es 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 una diva que no quiero. I mean, come on. It just—it cracks me up. So it's like, dude, why can't you just be happy for the guy? Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I'm glad he's doing well. I'm glad he's scoring. I'm just knowing. I'm just not going overboard on it. Hopefully, he comes back to the national team, does well, and uh, gets you know, some goals. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't really happen. And hey, man, if if, if, if if Chucky can be a Jalamarca like Javier, then then it'll then he didn't yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. Open up some uh, tecatito time for him to dribble around some people and score some. Well, according to Joel, Tecatito is going to be spending the World Cup like the rest of us. Oh man, I said that's a rumor. Uh, oh, but, but so, something to look out for when they do the list, and, and especially with what you said, uh, with JCO not even naming him. Well, I mean, it's not or, like he has. Uh, it's not like he's been tearing it up in, in Portugal for the past year, year and a half. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that he's had a lot of personal issues, and I get that. I know that. You know, some people have different ways of working through that. And that's fine, but I mean, I mean, I mean, he went to uh, Porto when he was what 21, 22, and and Porto does not buy players to st- to stay on their teams. You know, they buy players to play for one or two years tops, and then sell them for five times what they paid. And that didn't happen with Tecatito, and it didn't happen with Herrera, and uh, and it certainly didn't happen with Diego Reyes. So. You know, the, you know, all three of those guys have a very uncertain future at the end uh, at the end of the World Cup in Russia. We'll see how that uh, turns out. Gentlemen, any any last thoughts before we wrap it up here tonight? Uh, no. Uh, I think we're good. Mañana Pumas. All right then. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, and, and, and put the. Put the broche de oro on this one. Uh, and by the way, uh, kudos to uh, NBC for airing Andres Cantor's promo uh, 
for the World Cup during the Super Bowl. That was fantastic. I'm uh, really, really happy for Andres to get that kind of airtime. Uh, did y'all see that commercial? Did y'all see what I'm going to talk about? I saw a preview. He, he drops the mic at the end, right? Yeah, it was terrific. He does some mic drops. <laughs> it was really funny. It, it, it was a great commercial. So 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 good for him. But uh, and and, and Brady Michaels, he didn't have what he always said para ponerle broche de oro en este partido, like a, a third goal or whatever it is. So, so a big a big hello to and a shout out to Andres Cantor for for, uh, for get, getting the opportunity to call the World Cup on television again after I guess it's almost a, like a 16 year absence. Oh, a 20 year absence! Wow, it's been 20 years since Andres Cantor called the World Cup on TV. That's <clears throat> Yeah, glad to have back. Shout out to all the homies on the chat: Sergio, MJP, Arm sixty five, Roni. I wish I could have been paid attention more to the chat uh, tonight, but since I'm in the car, I was you know I don't want to do too many things to distract yeah, me from you don't want to do that from my driving. So. But anyway, well, listen, Joel, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, anytime, John. And I uh, want a big shout out to Dan for, I know Dan had to step off, but we're uh, glad to have Dan on. And uh, I'm sure that he will be watching his Santos with, uh, with bated breath tonight against uh, Chivas. And we'll, 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 we'll have to ask him. We'll, uh, hopefully things work out for him. We'll see how it goes. We'll uh, definitely broach the subject next week when we hop on again. Chickies, as always, a pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for, for starting off the show. I know that I was... Uh, yeah, man, no problem. I, I retract my shout-out. I retract my shout-out to Serge. <laughs> what did Serge do? Him, him <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said, don't shout me out. <laughs> oh, so we have to, we have to retract, retract yeah. the show. You got offended. You know, we, offended. Need to, we, need to get, we need to get either Serge or Metalero on the show. No, I don't think we have invited Serge. Quedamos mal. Well, I thought Serge. I thought Serge was, had been on the show. Like uh, he called. He's called. Oh yeah. He hasn't been on the panel. Todavía no le han dado el pase VIP. Well, mira, cuando cuando yeah. tenemos que entrar a la, al centro de crisis de América, we'll put Serge on. Well, we we are heading toward a super clásico, so. Oh, that's right. That's right. Maybe, maybe we'll have. <clears throat> Maybe we'll have we'll have uh, Sergio on for that. But anyway, well, thanks everyone on the chat. And again, you can listen to this in our previous editions of the of the Cantina. Our previous is it 100? Is this is this edition 122? Chiquis or 121? Yeah, 122. So you can listen to this in our previous 121 editions of the Cantina Mekis podcast on iTunes, or you can download it uh, on Google Play, or of course you could go to our our YouTube page. And, uh, and please follow us on Twitter. We did have a, a poll up today, which I, I neglected to mention. An overwhelming 88% on our poll said that uh, that uh, there's no way that Liga Magnus is going to get rid of promotion relegation. In fact, I believe the term was no manches. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so we do appreciate uh, the folks who voted on that. We do appreciate you for listening. Thank you very much. We'll be on again, uh, hopefully around uh, 9.30 p.m., Next Thursday, as we always are on the Cantina Mix podcast, my name is John Jagu. Uh, hopefully, I'll be actually at my home station next week, so I have all of my all my toys in front of me, so I can 
I'll give you all a better listening experience here in the Campina Next Podcast. But I do thank you for indulging us tonight, and we'll do it again next week. Thanks very much. Bye.